Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. I'm Michael Krasny. A damning new state audit released yesterday of the ongoing fraud problem at the California Employment Development Department found numerous incidents of fraud, the bulk of which could have been prevented and that have already cost the state billions and counting. Among the breaches, crime rings and prisoners have filed fraudulent claims for benefits that EDD paid to the tune of at least $11 billion. A separate audit earlier in the week analyzed how various missteps and lack of preparation at the agency have resulted in continued bottlenecks and left millions of Californians without benefits. Agency spokesperson Lori Levy will join us to respond to the audits and to take your questions. That's next, right after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. In a report released yesterday, the California State Auditor finds the Employment Development Department has failed to fix a fraud problem that the agency itself has admitted could reach $30 billion. Another audit from earlier this week found that inefficiency at the EDD continues to result in delays to benefits and that the department has failed to correct the issues. This hour, we're going to hear about the agency's fraud problem and its delays and missteps in processing legitimate claims. And we're also going to take your unemployment benefits questions. And joining us for all that is Employment Development Department spokesperson Lori Levy. And Lori, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Good to have you. And let me say that we respect your being here because the agency has come under some serious heat, to put it mildly, and some uh, rather profound criticism. I want to just begin by fleshing out with you what the state auditor, there were actually two reports by Elaine Howell, uh, 78 reporters, one that's received most of the attention. But um, essentially, let me try to crystallize this and get your response to what's in uh, bold letters, perhaps, in this report, or stands out most of all, is, the, is is a failure, a failure to address problems in the system that were known about for at least a decade, if not more, and also inaction, which led to this colossal and massive fraud problem. Well, no, I, I, I appreciate that. And, and trust me, we understand exactly how frustrating this can be for so many Californians out there during this very difficult time. And and we want people to know that is a priority for us. We are not throwing up our hands. We are digging in and we are doing everything possible to really enhance and fortify our processes moving forward. And we believe we're going to be um, with all the various tools, partnerships and everything that we've put in place that we're going to be much better positioned moving forward. I, I think Generally speaking, we did thankfully have a um, our new UI online system that has been implemented since the last recession, and um, 
that was extremely critical for us and being able to process the massive amount of claims. You know, there was a 1300% jump in claims and an unemployment rate that jumped from the um, record low to record high in just a matter of eight weeks. So um, we did have UI online and that which you didn't have before and that allowed us to kind of keep up. We were only allowed to uh, uh, really pretty much uh, update 25% of our systems with some approval um, before and we're really looking forward to working with state IT partners and in, in addressing our systems and improving them um, very quickly in the future. And then the, the second item really is about fraud. And, you know, we have systems in place, we've had systems in place for a long time. But for the most part, most of the fraud we've dealt with in the past has been people um, uh, collecting benefits, returning to work and still collecting benefits and failing to tell us as required. So while we have had systems to deal with with fraud, certainly I think no state was prepared for the kind of organized domestic and international crime crime rings that were at play here, and really sitting on a treasure trove of stolen personal identifying information on the dark web and ready to pounce on emergency situations like this when states were just working very quickly to get out aid to those uh, so many people in need. So we are digging in, like I said, many different things we've been putting in place as soon as we saw that spike in pandemic unemployment assistance claims about 95% of our confirmed fraud in August. We certainly did stop some elements that really did have an impact. And we believe a lot of our efforts have so far saved about $60 billion in being paid to fraudulent claims. But there's much more to do and we're committing to do that. There is indeed much more to do. I mean, at the end of 2020, you froze uh, 1.4 million accounts. That was the New Year's Eve freeze, as it's been called. And uh, we can't confirm at this point how many have, uh, since that point, tried to verify as legitimate. Uh, but I think you gave the figure, Lori, didn't you? About 300,000 have provided information. What's happening uh, to those? And you still have a million that are without benefits, uh, you know, not even able to put food on the table in many cases. No, I appreciate the opportunity to kind of clarify a little bit about that. So, you know, we did implement our IDME system um, in early October, the very beginning of October, which helps. I'm sorry, Lori, of- I have to ask you to back up a minute and talk about what that sure. system is, because there are a lot of listeners who don't know. Yeah. Oh, sure. Certainly. I'm sorry. It's called IDME, but it's an identity verification system that you kind of go through at the beginning of the application process, and it's a way of validating your identity. So we implemented that. We believe that's really helping us fortify the front door of our system. Now what we've been doing is going and looking back over existing claims and applying some fraud screening that we've put in place just so that we could really focus in on legitimate claimants and weed out the fraudulent ones. When we applied that fraud screening, we did identify 1.4 million claims toward the end of the year that were potentially fraudulent. We've sent emails, messages to all these individuals only about half of them have opened up their emails so far. So I don't know, you know, we're going to have to be doing some assessment on exactly uh, how accurate is that fraud screening using our Thomson Reuters and other tools. Um, so far, about 1.1 million of that 1.4 million are being directed through our IDME identific- identification verification process. And as they are verified, they come to EDD. We have to process it then for eligibility requirements. It'll take usually, if it's validated, seven to 10 days for us to reestablish payment. 
So we believe this 30 day window people have to kind of tell us whether or not they're verifying their identity or their eligibility before we disqualify. And um, we'll have some better analysis here in the next few weeks. Again, we're talking to Lori Levy, Deputy Director of the Public Affairs Branch with the California Employment Development Department. Looking, uh, Lori, at the language in the auditor's report, significant missteps and inaction allowed for massive fraud. Uh, EDD relied on uninformed and, uh, uh, excuse me, disjointed techniques to prevent uh, imposter fraud, uh, underprepared to handle all of the fraud. All of that keeps coming through in this uh, auditor's report about just the lack of preparation, the lack of being ready. You know, obviously, I think every state, California included, just wasn't prepared for the kind of onslaught we've seen from these you know, organized crime rings and, and the wealth of information on that dark web. But with that said, you know, we, we did, it's like I said, 95% of our confirmed fraud is in the um, pandemic, federal pandemic unemployment assistance program. And the, the U S department of labor admits that there are some vulnerabilities in that program. And when we did see kind of the, the criminals are kind of going state to state rolling through to see where the vulnerabilities are. And so we kind of, there was a lack of kind of a national response for a time there. But when we saw that spike here in California in August, we did request the U.S. Department of Labor, can we stop the automatic backdating? We think that'll help. Backdating a claim to many months prior where there was some uh, stimulus money available. We got authority to do so. We did that in September and it was so effective. Um, bringing those PUA claims down, PUA claims down 82% in just a matter of a week or two, um, that other states were also advised to do the same following California's action. So yes, we have taken some action, but there is more to be done. We continue to do that, bring on some other vendors too to assist us with analytics. So like I said, I do believe we're gonna be better positioned moving forward. Well, you know, the last time you were on, and we'll take listener calls, and I know many listeners have questions and we'll try to get to as many of you questions and concerns as we can. Last time you were on, there was a concern about simply not being able to get through to EDD. Uh, A number of callers said they had been calling, waiting on the line. It was almost impossible, in some cases virtually not even almost. Uh, I know you've quadrupled the staff uh, in terms of uh, essentially covering phone calls, about 5,600 people. But at at this point, you were, they were answering, that is the agency was answering about 1% 1% of the calls. And I don't think that's moved. Uh, The the needle hasn't moved very much. And so we're not only talking about lack of responsiveness that's ongoing with respect to claims and with respect to validating uh, people's legitimacy to claims, but also nobody even really picking up the phone calls that people want to try to get through to. Well, you know, I think that the key, and I'm glad you kind of zeroed in on that, because we want to be there to serve Californians in need, absolutely. And, um, you know, I I think that the key thing there is um, many people can get help self-service wise, and we want to make sure we can provide that easily to people so that those who do have some more complex needs that really need the help of a representative has an easier time getting through. So we're kind of uh, tackling both at the same time, really fortifying, providing some chatbot responses on our website, which are basically helping people get like frequently asked questions answered and get 
getting the kind of information in an easy to follow fact sheets and in our in improving the usability of our website information. But in addition to that, we really are adding staff and adding, um, enhancing their training, enhancing the way we can, um, are modernizing the platform for how we can answer calls and respond to inquiries. So it's an evolving situation. The plane continues to be rebuilt in midair. And, and I think that's going to continue to improve going forward. Well, what are some specific things? I know Rita Sines, who took over uh, the operation beginning January 1st, has been working to validate claims and actually get benefits out to those who have legitimately applied. And she's talked about steps taken with expediting payments and processing and preventing fraud and all the rest of the things that we've touched on here. But what about specific things EDD can change to make sure that innocent Californians don't continue to get snagged in this fraud fighting effort? Well, I think we're doing a number of things on many different fronts. So, you know, we, we do believe that, um, you know, our IDME identity verification system at the front of the application process is being successful. I mean, IDME does indicate that potentially up to 35% of applications across the country, because, you know, this is a national issue. It's not just a California issue. So we do believe that it's helping us. But we also need to continue to work with IDME that, you know, 88% may be able to use their process in a self-service function successfully. We need to continue to work with them so that those who need a video chat and working with the representative can do so more easily. And then on the EDD side, we, we certainly need to make sure we're improving communications with the claimant. We're sending text messages. We're encouraging as many to go on to a UI online account as possible because we can send them direct messages through that. We're continuing to fortify our call center processes. I mentioned our chatbot feature on the website. Um, every week we are beginning out news releases with the very latest developments. And then we echo that in our top frequently asked questions on the website. We have some good videos in different languages designed to help people through these different processes. Um, and we continue to add even more as we move along. So um, more is coming and we really are committed to making sure we can serve those who need it here in California. And once again, we're talking to Lori Levy of EDD. And if you'd like to join us, I know there are many of you with questions or if you simply want to talk about the audit and your response to it, actually two audits, give us a call now. 866-733-6786 is the number to call. That's 866-733-6786. Or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum or email us, forum at kqed.org. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. This is Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. We're talking with Lori Levy, Deputy Director of the Public Affairs Branch of the California Employment Development Department. And we do want to hear from you. I know many of you, as I've said, have questions and certainly may indeed want to reflect or comment on the auditor's reports. Uh, you can give us a call now and join the program. The number to call is 866-733-6786. 
Again, the number for your call is toll-free, 866-733-6786. And you can also get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Or email any questions you may have to forum at kqed.org. Let me go to some of the emails here with you, Lori. David writes, why does EDD refuse to allow direct deposit? People are required to prove their identity when they apply for a bank account, and bank accounts can be traced. The simple act of allowing direct deposit instead of debit cards would dramatically reduce fraud. No, thank you very much, David. I, I do understand that question. We There is a direct deposit transfer option in our current contract with the Bank of America, which does administer the uh, debit cards for us. And um, that's just so where you have to arrange either a one-time or reoccurring transfer of those funds once it gets to the card directly into your bank account. However, um, we are certainly looking to that direct deposit option moving forward. Our current contract expires this summer, and that is definitely one of those things that we are considering. We're getting some strong response from some listeners, as you might imagine, Laurie. I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, but this is a listener who probably reflects the feelings of many. He writes, this is not frustrating. This is infuriating and capitalized billions. No excuses. In this day and age, there is no excuse for this kind of financial hemorrhage. What are these people being paid for? And here's Amy who tweets, why is the flow of information and updates so poor? Why do call center reps give conflicting information and how many legitimate claims are not being paid at the moment? Lori? No, I, you know, I, I do want to indicate we definitely hear you. We hear you. We understand. It is not just frustration. I understand that it is very, very difficult on so many different people right now. And and it's it's what's really difficult and kind of scary is that these um, scammers have such a wealth of information that it makes it extraordinarily difficult to sort through who's the scammer and who's the legitimate individual. And that is exactly what we're focused on doing. So we minimize any impact on those claimants and we can really zero in with all of our partners working with the governor's set up task force here um, in the state. So we can zero in on those scammers and, and really bring those offenders to justice. So, we know it's been difficult. We believe we're getting there. We're trying to clean up the situation so it's much cleaner moving forward. And we're committing to you that that is going to occur. What about those Californians who don't have access to tech or, for that matter, those who don't speak Spanish or English? No, and, and again, this is a matter of rebuilding the plane in midair. We do have services in other languages, um, quite a few. Most of that's available by phone. And of course, by phone has been extraordinarily difficult just with the historic volumes, kind of the avalanche of claims that have come as a, as a really as a result of this pandemic and the historic nature of it. They're, they're, we're working to continue to bring all of those individual resources more consolidated onto our website, but also to reach out to stakeholders, community um, organizations, to bring toolkits to them to help us spread the word and get information into their hands, because truly it is our goal to get benefits out of the hands of criminals where that's occurring and really into the hands of Californians who are genuinely in need. And, and that is our goal moving forward, and it, it's something we're committed to. And what about the overpaid benefits? I mean, there was a risk of having to repay, as I understand it, uh, uh, because EDD suspended some of its uh, usual requirements from mid-March through early May. So some people have been overpaid? Um, we did have a period earlier in the year where we were, um, again, because EDD was working to um, speed up payments to needy Californians as quickly as possible, particularly after the federal government was requiring states to very quickly implement the brand new federal pandemic unemployment assistance program. 
um, that may have led to some people being deemed eligible for benefits when they weren't. And again, that's part of the effort that we're doing to kind of sort through all that. But however, I want people to know that um, overall, the vast majority of fraud that has been confirmed so far has not been related to deferring certain final eligibility requirements. It's really the, more of us this sophisticated identity type of theft. But in overpayments, we really have that that option, especially with the new pandemic unemployment assistance extension, um, states have some authority then to waive some of those overpayments for certain um, hardship circumstances. States are now working through how to implement that. And of course, there's always um, possibilities too for certain hardship cases where overpayments can be waived. It's one of those things, there's some good information on our website and we're gonna to continue to be able to update people on that progress. And again, our guest is Lori Levy, who is Deputy Director of the Public Affairs Branch for the California Employment Development Department. And here's our first caller for this hour, Ken and El Cerrito, good morning. Hi, good morning. Um, I have a question regarding the fraud. Um, is there a way for me to find out if my social security number has been used? I'm, I'm not eligible and nor did I apply for benefits? But I'm with all the identity theft that's going on. I'm wondering if you know someone could have used my uh, social security number. Lori, I think that's a, I, I certainly understand your concern. I really do. We've been exploring ways in which we might be able to set up a feature where people could um, could access that and 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 find out if that has is something that has been done. The problem is we need to be able to fortify that process so scammers can't get in and abuse it. And, and that's really the challenge uh, states are facing is how do we try to get this additional information out, but really fortify it so only legitimate people can use it for their benefit. So um, it is on our radar. It is something we're trying to do as much as possible. I would say, um, you know, be on the lookout. If we have to send out um, Form 1099-Gs every year to those who've collected benefits in the prior year, um, if indeed someone receives one of those tax forms, uh, we've been sending them out now over the last um, several weeks and we'll continue to do so, um, and it doesn't belong to you, you believe someone may have um, filed a claim in your name, we do have a phone number specific to helping people um, through that. We have... Um, uh, we really encourage people to um, contact us. And it's it's something where it's a, a direct line for those who really don't agree with that 1099G or believe someone may have filed a, a, a claim in your name. That number is 1-866-401-2849 for assistance. We have fortified that with extra staff. And we do have some great information available on our website. It's called Help fight fraud. And you're going to find a lot of that information right there on that web page. It's my understanding, Lori, that back in September, uh, the strike team uh, had a report that included a contractor who put in place an identity verification system so more claims could be approved uh, online and reduce the delays. But the, uh, the audit reveals that major problems remain in processing of claims. And we're getting more and more of a backlog, aren't we? The backlog is just increasing, isn't it? You know, I think that the hard part with these numbers is there's a lot of complexity to them. And that's always been the case with the unemployment insurance program. Um, I will say that we had 1.6 million claims identified by the EDD strike team that the governor established. Um, and that was in mid-September. And um, I think all but maybe one was remaining as of yesterday. There was a determined effort to get those resolved. 
We continue to report out every week. And what you see now on that, um, those backlog dashboards are really kind of what's waiting in queue um, beyond 21 days. But the 91% of those figures have to do with either pending an overpayment, which does not prevent payment. And that's why we want to make sure people know that. And most of it is the category of waiting for the claimant to certify. And that does, there's nothing ADD can do about that before we can issue payment. So we're really kind of working to refine the data so we can tell a clearer picture about what remains in EDD's action items to resolve. Um, and you're going to see that kind of evolving here as we continue to refine the data. But for the most part, what you're seeing there is just some work associated with trying to make sure people understand they have to certify their eligibility for benefits and some kind of new weeks being associated with old claims as we extend these, these federal benefit programs, the PUA program, as well as the pandemic emergency um, um, unemployment compensation program. So um, that's exactly that's kind of more or less what's in that backlog uh, number right now. Well, we've got a lot of uh, questions coming in uh, via email and tweets. So let me try to get to some of them. Jay asks, my max benefits have been paid per EDD website. They will automatically file for federal extension. However, I find no information about that on my account. I've called several times recording that they are too busy to be able to help. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Can you have your UI online account? And um, the, the, the issue, if it's, it, and again, I don't have your account, obviously, that I'm looking at here, but if you're waiting for a, a PUA, an extended uh, account on your PUA claim or maybe your PEUC claim, we're having to roll that out in phases because of the nuances associated with this federal extension of these benefits. And so um, we you were still phasing people in and, and we're, we're telling you that as we go through these, we will send you an alert on that. Um, the ones that are taking longer are the ones who have kind of exhausted some of those benefits prior to the end of the Federal CARES Act. That means prior to this, the week ending December 26. Those are the ones that we have to go in and almost establish a whole new claim, kind of recalculate, and that takes some time and setting up that programming. But please keep an eye on your UI online account that's probably the best place you can quickly get some updates here's a tweet from a listener says i'm certified verified id and i'm still pending how long can this go on and you know it kind of all depends too on what that situation is i mean obviously we're working with bank of america and there are some um um, situations where they apply some fraud criteria uh, to the card account itself and if that's frozen and then they work with EDD to kind of make sure that they've got a verified uh, claimant there. And then that card can account can be unfrozen. We're continuing to work with them to speed along that process as much as possible. But if it's one of these 1.4 million suspended claims uh, as of the end of the year, that's something as you get verified through IDME and it comes to EDD, we have to do our mandatory eligibility check for all those various things that tell us you remain unemployed and otherwise eligible to receive benefits. And that can take about seven to 10 days to uh, once you're validated and found eligible to reestablish you with payment. Here's Karen. Our next caller joins us from San Francisco. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. First time caller, long time listener, I guess I'm supposed to say. Uh, thank you for having this forum. Um, I um, was in a tailspin, of course. I've never been on unemployment in my life, blah, blah, blah. So in March or April when I applied, 
the PUA system was n- not really in place, so I applied, and 10% of my income is W-2, and 90% is 1099. So I've been getting benefits on the W-2, and I'm wondering if there's any way for me to go back and fix any of that. Thank you for the question, Karen. Lori Levy. No, Karen, thank you so much. I think that was part of the way the federal government set up the the pandemic unemployment assistance program, obviously to help people who don't normally qualify for the regular unemployment insurance program, you know, that the business owner, small business owners, self-employed independent contractors, but they set it up in a way that if indeed you had enough in regular employment income, you would be required, even if it'd be a smaller amount, to go on to a regular unemployment insurance claim. And that was a requirement. I will tell you, as part of the the new extension of these these programs by the federal government at the end of the year, that they have um, put in place where we might, we can put in place a new mixed earners kind of income, where at least perhaps an additional $100 a week could be added. Um, to what you're getting in that regular unemployment insurance program. The details are still being worked out in every state, and then we're going to be getting out word on that. So just please hang tight and watch for developments on that, which might be of assistance. And let me go back just for a moment with you, Lori, to ID.me, because it is only in English and Spanish via EDD, even though it's available in lots of languages uh, at DMV's use of it. But I wonder if you're addressing that. And also, There are more than 70,000 people in January alone who got directed to the video chat system with hours-long wait when they tried to access ID.me. Um, you know, and, and, and we really hate to see that. And that's exactly what we're working with IDME to, to work on. 17 states have kind of followed California's lead in coming to IDME to fortify their unemployment insurance systems and securities. So um, I, I think they continue to add staff. Luckily, those numbers have come down significantly and how long it takes to get through a video chat. But I would encourage people, we have a great resource available on our website. It's a, a great guide for how best to be prepared to go into IDME and make it a very smooth process for you. And um, I would encourage people to access that. We've, we've put it out there on our weekly news releases and continue to encourage people to check that out that hopefully will make your process going through that system more smooth. Another question from a listener in a tweet uh, who wants to know, why did it take the pandemic to get government agency like the EDD to streamline customer service like private companies have been doing for years? You know, and I, and I think that's really difficult in many, many different ways. We are usually funded um, by the workload. So during times of record low unemployment, which we had um, in February last year, um, we get very low funding and therefore low f- staffing. Um, and then when things turn up, typically we get a little bit more time to ramp up rather than the avalanche that occurred in this pandemic, then some funding comes in. So we're, we're very, very grateful um, for the support of our um, California senators here in California and Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who are really asking the Biden administration um, to really address unemployment insurance and the needs states have to fortify their systems and enhance those for better customer service. Um, and, and certainly the support of the um, Governor Newsom administration as well. So I do think that's getting the attention it deserves and uh, late, better late than never, I suppose. But it is there and I think we uh, will see some enhancements moving forward. Although I notice in this recall effort uh, against Governor Newsom, this has been brought up uh, in, in part, at least for those of uh, 
want to see a recall going forward. But let me bring another caller on. Eric joins us from Santa Rosa. Eric, you're on the air. Good morning. Yeah. Hi. How are you? Okay. Thank you. Um, it, would, it wouldn't be so bad if we had somewhere to go, somewhere, um, somewhere to, to knock on a door and, and talk to somebody. Or if everybody would just give their thumbprint, it, it would just fix everything. But um, I can't even go to the Bank of America down here in Santa Rosa. I can't go to unemployment. I can't. Um, I'm trying to get through on the phone, and it's almost impossible. I finally got approved, and they helped me get my uh, checks in. And I failed to certify in time, and they cut me off. So I've been without checks for a couple months. And this ID me, I already filled it out. I already did all that, and it's still, you know, it's not working. Eric, I'm sorry you're going through this. And uh, Lori, I think Eric's speaking again for a lot of people, going through what is necessary and not getting the benefits, simply not getting. You know, Eric, and I'm very sorry to hear that. And I think we're very sorry, too, for the fact that this pandemic has uh, crippled what our typical response is with some in-person services. We had to send, like every other employer, um, all of most of our staff into a telework environment. And normally in recessions, we have our America's Job Center of California locations open throughout the state where people do come in and do get some assistance. There are computers there and staff are available to help guide them through the process. And unfortunately, that just wasn't feasible in this pandemic. And that's been very unfortunate. Um, There are appointments available if you call your local America's Job Center of California office. And um, you can just easily do find an office on our website and make that appointment. And hopefully that can be of assistance to you as well as an option. And I hope you do get assistance, Eric, and thank you for joining us. Good luck to you. Uh, We're going to take a quick break of about 60 seconds here. But if you'd like to join us, the number to call is 866-733-6786. Again, that's 866-733-6786, or you can get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum. Or if you have questions, again, for Lori Levy of EDD, join us at forum at kqed.org. This is Forum on KQED. I'm Michael Krasny. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. And welcome again to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. We're talking with Lori Levy, Deputy Director of the Public Affairs Branch of the California Employment Development Department. And Lori, let me go back to some of our emails. Bill wants to know, is it possible for EDD to recover the payments received by those committing fraud? 
Oh no, thank you, Bill. That's um, obviously we're we're working very very closely with the um, the task force established by Governor Newsom um, and kind of led by the Office of Emergency Services in coordination with district attorneys and really federal, state, and local level law enforcement. And our goal is to make sure those responsible for this assault on our unemployment insurance system, both in here California as well as across the country, and make sure that they are held responsible. That means uh, collecting that money back just wherever possible. So that is a very aggressive effort. Arrests are happening um, consistently, and it will continue as we move along. And Eustacia, a listener, says, I am employed but received a notice from EDD of an attempted fraudulent claim under my name. What follow-up actions would Ms. Levy recommend I take? Credit freeze, et cetera? I was unable to reach EDD on the phone. Well, thank you. I mean, a couple of good things I want to make sure I pass along to you. First of all, we will give you some ideas when we re we notify you if the, there's potential fraud about what you need to do, whether that be um, for to, uh, identify or clarify your identity, or could be some eligibility where you're going to need to um, respond to the questions that you're being asked. Whatever the case may be, you'll get some direction there. But I would also encourage you to monitor our help fight fraud page on the EDD website. Um, the major three credit monitoring bureaus right now are providing free assistance all the way through, I believe, at least the beginning of April. And so we've made sure we put that information on our website as well. But that could be a very good thing to assist you with if there's any potential identity theft that could be in place here. And if that's the case, and if there is something where somebody has filed a claim in your name, um, we will be working with you to ensure that that's removed from your social security number. We can um, make sure that a correct, um, for instance, 1099G is um, issued. So uh, there, please just keep an eye on that website and on that web page, and we can keep you updated on developments. We'll take more of your calls. We'll go next to Mina. Mina, thank you for waiting. Join us. You're on the air. Hello, good morning. Thank you for having this program. It seems like no end to it. Um, actually, in regard to calling EDD and that number for online or whatever, you're able to, to get through and you spend three to four hours. And actually, I, I want to know why do the EDD hire so many people, hundreds of them, but actually they're not allowed to do anything. They cannot even see your file. It's all black, gray. All they can see, your name, and that's it. And they're not allowed to do anything. I have to spend over 15 hours, every time three to four hours. It is two months and nothing has been done. Unless you're connected after three, four hours, if you're lucky, People who are in the office actually doing the work, which was in L.A., and he was very intelligent, and he, was, he spent over an hour, and then after doing that, he said he was not able to do it. He was not allowed to do it. He was even tier two, not a uh, receptionist. So this is, this is really issue. They're having a job with the expense of us. Mina, I'm so sorry for what you're going through. And, uh, Lori Levy, why, why can't those answering calls help? Uh, they're not trained? They're not allowed um, to. I would just say that I'm extremely sorry to hear that you've had that kind of experience. That is definitely not something we want to see. Um, we, 
typically the unemployment insurance program is not easy. I mean, the, the regulations associated with it are very complex. It would typically take many months to get someone trained in a good thorough understanding on all the various um, issues that can arise. However, um, that's why when we hire new people, we do have kind of like this tiered system. And then we're trying to forward calls that could be associated with a greater need to a, a staff person with more experience and, and kind of a, um, a greater knowledge of some of the more complicated issues. That's exactly what we're trying to put in place. I'm sorry if that system did not work well for you. That is something that we are seeing improvements on and will continue to see improvements on. And hopefully that experience really is mitigated in the future. Well, I hope it will be because this must be so frustrating to wait all those hours and then find out you're talking to someone who can't be of any help to you. Let me bring another caller. I know Ben joins us next. Ben, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, good morning. Um, thank you for having this conversation. I'm a I'm lucky that you have my employment this entire time. My question is, what kind of uh, shakeup is going to happen at the EDD? It's clear that this is a total failure, and um, should people resign or let the second-in-command take take shape? It's a fair question, Lori. Who's accountable? Whose heads are going to roll, if any? Well, you know, I I will say, and I know it doesn't feel like this, but... um, Many of us have been working seven days a week, extraordinarily long hours. I want you to know that people at EDD very, care very, very much and, uh, and have been applying everything we can do to assist our neighbors. These are our neighbors in this situation and we want to help. Um, I don't think that's ever been a lack of desire. Um, it's just um, trying to navigate this avalanche and then really come out stronger on the other side is where we're at. We Lori, excuse me, it has been an avalanche. There's no, there's no argument there. It's been, yeah. you know, with the pandemic, uh, an avalanche, yeah, a tsunami, no, and I, and I, all of those things. But the, the, you go back to the audit, it says poor planning, ineffective management, unprepared, failed to address problems that had been aware of for nearly a decade. I mean, that's pretty damning. And I understand that. I, I, I will say that um, we have put some things in place over the last 10 years, which I was talking about, like, th- fortunately, we did have our UI online system established Um, um between you know the last great recession and now, but we we continue to do more. We do have new leadership at, at EDD, and um, and we do have some great partnerships in place with our other state, federal, and local partners. and And I think all of these things we're doing, plus bringing in a lot of those new materials I've been talking about and tools, are going to make a big difference going forward. So um, we really do pledge that things will improve moving forward. Well, here's a remark from a listener named Chris who says, your guest keeps telling the audience they are working on the problem, but people still can't get through on the phones. The website continues to crash and Bank of America, as well as EDD, keep taking money from the accounts of legitimate claimants. And here's a tweet from Michael who says, I heard that EDD still runs on decades old software. Is that true? And what keeps it from being hacked? Um, well, well, thank you. I think um, I'm not aware of our website crashing. I mean, we have been making some maintenance and continuing to enhance parts of it. So sometimes we may have to bring it down for an evening, that kind of situation. Um, but again, I think our UI online system um, gratefully is in place now because that has, I mean, just to give you a sense, in the worst year of the recession, we processed 3.8 million claims. So far in this pandemic, about 10 months, it's been more than 19 million claims. So gratefully, we've had that UI online system. As I mentioned earlier, um, back in during and right before the Great Recession, we were only given um, uh, funding authority to really enhance 25% of our system 
So it's kind of more or less like a patchwork of processes having to work seamlessly together. We're really looking forward to uh, coordinating with our IT partners throughout the state to enhance that process even further in a more holistic way moving forward. And I do think you're going to see the benefits of that. And I think you'll like to hear what Rosa writes to us. She says, I understand people's frustrations, but you must take into account the perfect storm of a massive onslaught of claims during a time that EDD was trying to get emergency relief to applicants. Have some compassion for the people who are doing their best to assist the unemployed of California. And Francisco in a tweet wants to know, given that the government usually charges penalties and interest for late payment of taxes, shouldn't the EDD pay interest on employment recipients whose claims are stalled? Laura? Um, well, I think, again, I want to, the, the federal pandemic unemployment assistance program is a federally funded program. And that is where we have seen 95% of the fraud activity here in California. And, and I'm going to assume probably across the country, um, because of the vulnerabilities in that program, that doesn't mean we want to make sure we save, we want to save that federal money. And we do want to work with anybody that has, you know, federal, uh, unemployment benefits are taxable at the federal level not at the state level. And that does include any stimulus dollars that have been added to unemployment benefits during the pandemic. We're really um, working very hard to get out information about that. So people are aware, you're gonna see a lot of, we have some great information, a one-page resource, video, et cetera, on our website. And you're going to continue to see outreach efforts that we're going out with, with community-based organizations, et cetera. So that is something we wanna make sure people are well aware of. And if they're is any kind of assessment of benefits and it doesn't, you don't agree with what that assessment is, or it may have been filed in your name, we do have resources available to assist there as well. And California, uh, excuse me, Lori Levy of California EDD is our guest and Sylvia of San Francisco is our next caller. Sylvia, join us. Welcome. Hello. I'm calling about the ID me system. I've been trying for two weeks to um, verify my identity. I've done everything that it says to do on there, follow the instructions, and it keeps going to the video chat. Every time it goes on to five hours, three hours. Yesterday I was on and said three hours and stayed on three hours for the for a whole day. There needs to be a better system in place. The ID system is, is severely flawed. It should have been divided up with like one on one entities that help out all these people. Uh, Sylvia, again, sorry what you're going through. Lori Levy, some thoughts for her? Sylvia, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that. Um, very sorry indeed. I mean, working with IDME, <clears throat> I will say that, you know, 80, we're seeing data that confirms a good at least 88% are going through in that self-service way. I don't know if that's um, a way you attempted or if you if you did go try, did you try the self-service way or did you go straight to a video chat ass assistance? I tried the self-service way and it, it said it couldn't verify my identity. Because you, you have to give the ID to social, then you have to take a selfie. They said they couldn't identify me. And so they you know, automatically sent me the video chat. You know, and I, um, there are some certain things that can hold up people. Maybe it's the way in which the, your document came through may have not been legible, or they, they notified us of a couple of tips with, with, which we have placed on our website. Again, just trying to help people understand before they go through that process, how it can be a little bit more smooth. I can certainly make sure that Michael and the folks here at KQED have that resource to make available as well on their website to help us kind of get that information out to folks so we can help you avoid exactly what you're describing. And, and we're thank very you, sorry Sylvia. Well, I, I hope you, you find some results. We'll certainly do what we can on our end. But this is just 
really terribly frustrating, I know, for you, Lori, and it is to read these stories. Like Scott writes, uh, this is so frustrating to listen to. I'm one of those accounts considered fraud. I've tried the ID me system, but my phone doesn't work for them. And now I have to do a video conference every time I log in. It's more than a five hour wait. How am I supposed to pay my bills? You know, your heart goes out to these people. Uh, and, you know, some of them are trying to put food on their table. I want to, if I may, sort of circle back to ask you a question about fraud that's been kind of weighing uh, on some of us, and that is, the audit said the Department of Labor warned EDD in July, and the Bank of America warned you, you meaning EDD in May, about the significant suspected fraud, but nothing was done till September or October to ramp up detection. Why? Actually, I, and, and I understand that we were doing several things. We were working with the um, Office of Inspector General. We were working with the UI Integrity Center at the National Association of State Workforce Agencies. There were many things we were doing, but again, we didn't really see our spike until August, um, which when, when we were applying our monitoring efforts, we started seeing a pattern emerging. We identified that, again, asked for the U.S. Department of Labor for permission to get rid of that automatic backdating, which was very appealing to criminals, to those scammers. And um, that was successful in shutting a lot of that down. So, yes, I mean, we're, we're learning that it's, it's very difficult. States just aren't. It's that whole cybersecurity nature, the sophisticated crime rings that it would have been nice to have had more of a national uh, support effort for all states in, in doing this because of the domestic and foreign aspect of this. But we do think that's something that's being addressed better moving forward, and that's what we're lo really looking forward to. I want to read a couple more emails. Uh, I'm going to read something from Nick and something from Grace. They sort of dovetail in a way, but uh, again, it's just... Um, painful uh, some of these narratives nick writes i've been on unemployment since the beginning of the pandemic there is an option to ask a question online on the edd website it says you will receive a response within five to seven days i have asked questions through the website five or six times and have received no response why does that option even exist if the agency doesn't respond to them and grace writes my husband's unemployment just froze a few weeks ago he was asked to verify through id me which did not work. He's tried over 20 times to reach EDD. He wrote letters. There's no actual person to talk to. We're at the point where we cannot pay our rent. This is the worst possible time for people vulnerable and needing this income. And you hear this kind of outcry from people. They can't get through, or even when they do get through, it's to no avail. And it's terribly frustrating. It's heartbreaking. It really is, Michael. It's it's the, exactly the kind of thing we hate to hear and exactly the kind of thing that motivates us to, to fight the fight here and to really continue, I mean, to strengthen these efforts, pulling in all kinds of partners, tools, et cetera, that can help us. We want to get rid of all of our resources and not all of our resources, but too much of our resources being dedicated to fighting off this fraud attack and really putting it where it needs to be and strengthening our support for customers and enhancing those services. That's exactly what we're committed to doing and will be doing. But what percentage of those uh, who answer calls are actually authorized to see cases or make changes or for that matter, adjust applications? Well, you know, in, in our fund, again, we're hoping that most people will go online because that's the best way we can handle large, you know, historic volumes of claims. It's the best way that we can manage that and get it done quickly. We understand there are going to be people who need to reach us by phone, but if we can get as many people going online as possible, that'll help free up space for our representatives to, to really work more quickly with those who have those complicated needs. We do have, um, const we're constantly enhancing our training and getting people um, uh, kind of 
following up with the right kind of representative to answer their question. You're going to see more and more of that as we continue to enhance that feature on our platform. So it's something we recognize and it is something we are addressing. And we'll bring another caller on. Bianca, thank you for waiting. Join us. You're on the air. Yes. Um, hi. Thank you um, for this topic and thank you for answering the questions. So I am a case manager for a community organization, and we have vulnerable clients whose unemployment have um, has expired in December. They have been getting zero unemployment. They are supposed to renew online, and they try. I have personally also tried helping them to renew online, but somehow some of them, um, some of their claims have not been accepted, or their renewal. I mean, their renewal. They are unable to do it online. And now they have zero from December. They are not able to pay their rent. They are not able to pay their um, deposits, nothing. And then when they call EDD, the, the answer that we receive, I have also called, is there are too many calls and we are not receiving any calls. Please go online. So if they cannot recertify online, if they cannot get somebody to answer their calls and there's zero unemployment from December, what do they do? How do we help them? Right, Bianca, I'm going to have to jump in here because we've got a little time left. Lori, could you respond to Bianca's question? Bianca, we hear you. We truly do. And it is something that I, I will tell you, we are working to enhance. Yes, there are services available to help in many different languages. I think over a hundred of them. But, you know, we, we got to make sure we strengthen that. And that is something we are committed to doing. So I do think you're going to see some additional outreach to you and your and other community-based organizations because we want to make sure that information gets into the hands who need, of those who need it. And, and we're committed to doing so. Well, I hope that commitment will move forward. And Lori Levy, I thank you for coming on. And I know you've taken a lot of heat here this morning. Uh, people are frustrated and angry and upset and indignant. And uh, appreciate very much your being here with us. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it, and I hope this uh, information has helped a lot of people. Certainly hope that as well. And Lori Levy, again, is Deputy Director of the Public Affairs Branch of the California Employment Development Department. And we're here with you Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, an hour repeated, 10 to 11 in the evening. And we want to tell you who uh, is behind the scenes here at Forum. Forum is produced by Judy Campbell, Tina Larberg, Ariana Prell, Blanca Torres, Susan Britton, and special thanks to Mary Franklin Harvin for today's hour. Senior editor is Dan Zoll. Our engineers are Danny Bringer, Katie McMurrin, and Brendan Willard. Interns are Leslie Torres and Kimia uh, Akbari. And our executive editor is Ethan Tovin Lindsay. Chief content officer is Holly Kernan. Thank you for being a part of this morning's program. And for all of us here at KQED Public Radio, please stay safe. I'm Michael Krasny. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.